0: Father's Day mode, Mother's Day mode, whatever the day is. And we understand all that it has its place. I'm hungry for God this morning. And uh, I I, I did something this morning that um, I didn't think I would do, but it just kind of fit today. Um, My grandfather does not probably remember this, but about, it was probably about, 25 or 30 years ago, he gave me a Bible that he had worn it pretty good by the time he gave it to me. And I've had it for the past 25 or 30 years. And, I've, and I have it down in my office downstairs. Matter of fact, I've got, I have, probably have to count up the, the number of Bibles that we have in our family that are passed down um, from generations. And um, in this Bible, it's, it's, it's a Thompson chain, small one. It's worn pretty good. Um, Acts 2.38, the page is just about literally worn out. It's a hole worn in the page from where he has apparently given a bunch of Bible studies out of this Bible. And uh, it's very precious to me, and uh, I am very thankful for my heritage this morning and uh, for a grandfather. And for a father that showed me the way, didn't just tell me the way, they showed me the way. Praise God. So I'm going to preach this morning. Hopefully I'll preach and do a good job this morning out of this Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're very, very disorganized this morning, so please forgive us. It's it's almost coming like this is the mutual admiration committee here. I give honor to my dad. The church has something for him. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) I guess if I'm preaching real good, he'll open the popcorn and... as your one shot to eat popcorn during a message. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Let's skip to verse number 17. I might have gave you 18. 17. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord, your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he hath Commanded thee, thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken, when thou... And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you, then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us into, in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our, God, good, all, for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. It shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. I want to read verse number 20 again. It says, And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying what mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you, I'm going to preach this morning for a few moments from this title. It's been in my spirit. I've, I've been in a, in a particular vein on Tuesday nights, and I've been reading this chapter, and, and we're very, very familiar with Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Here is of the Lord our God is one Lord. But the more I have read and reread this chapter, there, there's a lot more in that chapter than just verse number 4, that... Whew, when the Lord is commanding them how to live, what to believe, how they are to live their life. He gets to verse number 20 and says, And when thy son asketh thee. I'm going to preach this morning from this title. When my children ask me why when my children ask me why. Man, I feel the angels of the Lord right now. Lift up your hands, would you, right now? Lift up your voice to the Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear what you would say to us this morning. Lord, we open our spirit, our mind, our heart right now to receive the word of the Lord today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, would you press for just a moment, lift up your voice and love him together right now. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to hear the word of the Lord this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. name. Clap your hands one more time and give the Lord praise this morning as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God you may be seated this morning. When my children ask me why. Here, the fundamental doctrine that Jesus even reiterated in the New Testament. They asked him what the greatest commandment was. And Jesus makes reference to Deuteronomy 6 and 4. is the Lord our God is one Lord. This is the greatest commandment, and and he was getting this in their spirit, getting this in their DNA, that there was only one God. He begins to tell them, And you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Jesus quoted from the Old Testament, and... Gave legitimacy back to the law, to the eternal principle, the the eternal truth that God is one. There wasn't any confusion in the time of Jesus Christ, but as Jesus walked with his disciples, the, the, the understanding of who Jesus was as the manifestation of the only God began to register in their spirit, when Thomas felt the nail prints in his hands and the hole in his side, he fell down and said, My Lord and my God. He knew that there was only one God, and Jesus was the manifestation of that one God. This is what they studied. This is what they, as, 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 as Jewish people they, they, they studied the Torah. They memorized the Torah. They went to school as children to understand. And this would be one of the main texts that they would have memorized and understood from a very, very early age that there is only one God. Jesus did not come on the scene and bring uh, confusion to that truth that the that they had studied since they were young boys and young girls. Jesus did not come on the scene and begin to bring confusion to this understanding of the fact that there was only one God, and this is what separated him from every other God in the world, and in this case from every other God in Egypt, where they had come out of, and he and he taught them and he put it in their spirit. You don't only know that there is one God, but you teach it to your children diligently and you talk. Of the uh, of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, we, we could put that in 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 twenty twenty two, and say when you're in the car driving down the street, talk about the only one God. When you're sitting on the couch in your living room, talk about the fact that there is only one God. This is how it's going to get in the DNA of your children. Is not just going to the synagogue once a week, or in our case, coming to 600 West Monroe a few times a week, that's not good enough. You've got to talk about it in your home. You've got to talk about the goodness of that one God uh, uh, at your living room, in your living room, and at your kitchen table. The things of God have got to be a part of our conversation in our casual conversation throughout the week. Diligently. Everybody say diligently. It doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't happen accidentally. The things of God. If it's going to get into the lives of our children, it's got to be done diligently. It's got to be done on purpose. It's got to—you've you, got to have an agenda in your home every single day. You've got to have an agenda because the devil has an agenda. This world has an agenda, and there's got to be fathers and mothers that have this—that have an agenda, and that is, I'm going to get the truth of the word of God in the life of my children, if it's the last thing I do. My life should teach it to them diligently, and he's coming, giving them commandments through this through this chapter. And it is such a wonderful chapter of the commandments of the Lord. And there are some a a, a couple of key words that jump off the page at me. I I read uh, one of the verses twice, but uh, uh, as you read down in the chapter, when you get to uh, verse number twenty four, it says, "And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes." To fear the Lord our God for our good always, that He might preserve us alive. In that phrase, right there is the principle, is, is the truth that is the foundation. Of the holiness teaching that comes to us in the Word of God, it is that—that that is the truth and the foundation of holiness and separation from the world that we find in the New Testament. That's throughout the Word of God that we He might preserve us alive. The word "preserve" simply means to keep in its original state. to keep in its original state. It's the will of God for that moment that we were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus and our sins are washed away and we are filled with the Spirit of God and we feel the joy of the Holy Ghost, the joy of the Lord and the peace of God and the excitement for what God is doing. It's not God's will for us to leave that place and go back to another place, but God wants to preserve us in the original state of salvation and somebody say amen. God doesn't just want to save us, but he wants to keep us. He doesn't just want to save us, but he wants to preserve us. He wants to keep us unto himself. And as he is teaching them about the oneness of God and telling them that there's only one God, there's only one Lord, there's, uh, there's only one God of heaven. Hear, O oh Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And he tells them, you got to teach it to your children. And, and, and for the reason that it is going to preserve View to the person that doesn't want to be preserved the teaching of the word of God is restrictive to the person that doesn't want to be preserved and kept unto the Lord the teaching of the word of God holds them back from what they really want to do but to the person who wants to be reserved and preserved unto God's people. The teaching of the word of God tells us how to get where our soul wants to go. It it is the guide. It is the roadmap. It is the direction for me to become like Jesus, for me to be developed and made in his image so that I can be preserved and I can be reserved unto him and be like him. For those that want to be like Jesus, and for those that want to be developed in their Christianity, for those that want to be set aside unto the Lord. The teaching of the Word of God is not restrictive, it does not ruin my fun. It, it does not ruin the things, it doesn't take away from the things that I really, really want to do. It, 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 it's, not, it's not more fun to live in, in the world if, if you want to live in the kingdom of God. You see, it's all about your perspective and what your heart truly wants because he said that, that they, you've got to get it in your heart and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. It's not good enough for you to be able to just memorize the scripture but you've got to get it from your brain down into your heart you've got to get it from your memory into the into the place of your heart where nothing can take it away and you truly love it more than anything else you got to get it in your heart because if you get it in your heart it will preserve you It'll keep you in the original state all the way to the end. God's not just interested in saving us. He's interested in preserving us. He's interested in keeping us. He's interested in getting his law in our spirit and in our heart. And not just me, but there's coming a day, it says in verse 20, that when my son comes to me and asks me in time to come, there's coming a day where my children are going to ask me. They're going to go along with it for a while. They don't know anything else. But there's coming a day where Scarlet and Zion and Levi, it may be when they're 13 or 14 or 15. It will probably be about that time where, they're, they're, where, they're, where life begins to change and they begin to hear other voices in the world and they are aware of things that they weren't aware of previously. They're going to come to dad and they're going to ask dad, why do we do what we do? You see, God is so smart that he's already told us what to do when that time comes. You see, when a son or a daughter comes to their parent and says, why do we live the way we do? Why do we act the way we do? Why do we dress the way we do? Why do we not go here and not go there or, or go do this and do that? Why are, why are we involved in the way that we are involved? Why are we committed uh, uh, in such a way the the, 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 the the scripture tells us that it's going to happen? You see, this generation isn't different than any other generation in the regards that every child is going to ask why. Every child is going to ask why. Why do we do what we do? Why do we live the way that we live? That's why we've got to get it in our hearts. Every parent has got to have an answer for your child. You know, children, you know, even in as, as young as they can be, they have the ability to see right through us. They can tell when we're being serious and they can tell when we're faking it. I go in and I pray for Scarlett every night before she goes to bed. pray with my kids before they go to bed. I lay hands on them and I pray for them. I told the story not too long ago, but Scarlett was like, she was battling with some stuff and she said, Dad, can you pray powerfully tonight? She knows the difference of when I pray and when I really plug in and pray. Does God honor those prayers and hear those prayers? Yeah, I do believe he does, but there's a difference. And our children can tell when we're being real and we're not being real. There's going to come a time where our children come to us and say, can you show me in the Bible where it says to do this and this? The Bible addresses this in verse number 20. It says there's going to come a day when your son's going to come and ask you. Saying what means the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you. Tell me about them, Dad. I need to know. I don't understand everything. You see, there is a period of time and and we're in that season right now where we're training our children. We're fighting battles now with their flesh that they wouldn't fight with their flesh. That's why God gave children parents because they don't have control over their flesh. I help them control their flesh. That's what, that's what parents are supposed to do. They don't have the ability to not fall down on the floor and throw a fit. It's just in their DNA. I help correct what their flesh, their carnal, sinful, out of control flesh will do. That's why God gave me to them because without parents, that will continue on their entire life unless I step in and say, no, that's not how we handle things. I know you have the propensity to do that. But God is, is, is really smart, and he gave children that don't have control of their attitude and their flesh and their desires. Our children would just eat candy all day long. they just, they just eat it. And, and, but but there, there's more to eat than just sugar. And it'll have a negative effect, but there's parents step in and say, no, we got to have something a little more healthy than that. Let me help you. I'm here to help you because they don't have the ability. They do not possess the ability to make right decisions. You don't have to teach your child to lie. They They just figure it out. Because it's in our sinful, carnal nature. And so before they develop a relationship with God, before they have the Holy Ghost, before they they are in a place where they are yielding to a relationship with God, God gave them parents to help them not give in to every desire of the carnal man. Thank God for parents. You matter. You're not just getting on to them. Left to themselves, they will go do whatever their flesh wants to do. But God gave them a dad and a mom to say, no, that's not good for you because they don't have control over their flesh yet. As a child matures and grows, they realize there's there's more to eat than candy all the time. They get into the teenage years and they start eating a lot. And it changes. And it's not about candy all the time. It's about something different. The diet changes. But as a child, that's all they would do. But God gave children, parents to help get a hold of their carnal, fleshly nature. That Left alone will destroy them. They will destroy themselves without guidance. And one thing, parents, as in verse, verse number twenty and twenty-one, he begins to say. This is how you respond to your children. Before you launch into don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, don't go there, no fun here, you can't do that, oh, you're so abused because you can't get involved in that sin. That's not what he tells you to tell them. He says, the first thing you're gonna tell them is you shall say unto your son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. You are the first testimony to your children that they will ever seriously listen to. You are the first person that gets to tell them the world is not all it is cracked up to be because there was a time where I was full of sin and I was bound by all kinds of things but the Lord brought me out of sin and he brought me out of bondage and he brought me out of slavery and he brought me out of everything that was in Egypt. That's the first thing you gotta tell your children is there was a time that I lived in sin. There was a time where I was not full of the Holy Ghost. There was a time where I was not baptized in his name and let me tell you about it, it's bondage, it's it's misery. There's nothing in Egypt that you want to have in your life. First thing you gotta convince them, you gotta tell them about Egypt. You gotta tell them about how the devil will lie to them, how the devil will trick them, how the devil will bring them into bondage. That's where you start with your children. You start telling them the devil is a liar, and every everything that tempts you in the world, there's a lie interconnected in there somewhere because Satan wants to bring you into bondage. That's what was in Egypt. There was nothing but bondage in Egypt. There was nothing but 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 chaos in Egypt. There was nothing but misery in Egypt. And he said when your son comes to you and asks you about the judgments and asks you about the statutes and asks you about all the things that God has commanded us to do, you, you don't have to wax eloquent with scriptures right off the bat, but you can just start telling them your story that there was a time where I was lost without God. There was a time where I was depressed. There was a time where I was full of anxiety there was a time where I was just going day to day trying to get the next hit or go to the next party or, or get in the next situation that would gratify my flesh you've got to tell them there's nothing in Egypt you've got to testify about the delivering power of the Holy Ghost you've got to testify to them about how great your God is that even when you were in Egypt he still loved you that even when you were bound he still came and he set you free would you lift up your hands unto the Lord right now and thank Him for taking you out of the bondage of Egypt? Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, it might do some of you some good, but when you have a different story to tell that when your children get old enough, you might just give them some details that you might not have ever thought you would have just to tell them, look, I've been there, I've done that, and there's nothing in Egypt that you need to go to. I've been there and I've done that, and all it brings is misery and depression and loneliness and heartache. You gotta look them in the eye and say, God brought me out of a place of bondage. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands right now and give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here today. I'm here today in part because my grandfather testified to my father and my father lived a life and testified to me yes there was a time where they told me scriptures and i heard messages and sermons preached and and I heard the word of god taught my home and 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 they and they shared the word of the lord with me and explained things to me but hear me hear me you've got to look at that at your son or your daughter that comes to you and ask you why first you got to start with the fact that you were lost but now you're found it's a lot harder to squabble with any of the teaching of the word of god when you go back to the beginning and really remember just how bad off you were when you were all by yourself. It'll do you some good to remember that when you were in sin and you were hopeless and you were sad and you were alone and you were depressed, it's a lot easier to get into the word of God and to love his law and to love his judgments and to love his statutes when you remember where you came from. Thank you, Jesus, for your delivering power. Thank you for saving me. We can get a good dose of, we need a good dose of remembering just how miserable the world makes you, of just how miserable sin will make you. We need a good dose of remembering just how miserable and how depressed and how lonely you get when you choose to gratify your flesh and ignore the word of God. We need a good dose of remembering where we came from, that he brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. Mark it down. Your children are going to ask you why. Count on it. Because they're going to ask you why. Because they haven't reaped the full benefits yet. Of restraining every desire. And restraining every lust of the flesh. And every lust of the eye. And every pride of life. They haven't got a grip and understand that if you get involved in these things, it'll do nothing but destroy your life. Yeah, candy's sweet to the taste, but it's no fun when you're sitting in a dentist chair. And I don't think there's anybody that likes the sound of a drill. It's good for a little while, but then it it starts to do something ever so slowly. Your children are gonna ask you why. And if you can look them in the eye, and sincerely testify of the goodness of your God. If you can look them eyeball to eyeball and say, without the grace and the mercy of God, I would be an absolute wreck and I would be an absolute mess. There's things I've done that I'm not proud of and and that were going to take me to the bottom and I'm here to tell you that they will take you to the bottom and they will destroy your life. Don't do it. Don't do it. I've already been there. I've already done that and I'm not going back to Egypt. You've got to get it in your heart. You've got to get his commandments in your heart. His commandments are not hard to follow. They are not a grievous thing. When you remember Egypt. His commandments are not a grievous thing to follow. It's not a difficult thing to shun the world when you remember all of the chaos and the hell that comes with gratifying your flesh at every turn and every opportunity. But parents, men, we've got to get it in our spirit. We've got to get his commandments, his laws, his statutes, his judgments. we got to get them right here. But 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 the, the time comes when our children come to us and they say, Dad, why do we do this? Dad, why do we do that? There's got to have been a time Time where you got a spiritual shovel out and you got in the Word of God and you found it for yourself and you loved it for yourself, and you can look at your boy, you can look at your little girl and say, Let me take you to the Word of God and show you just why we live the way that we live. I'm convinced a majority of situations, not all, but a lot times where children walk away from the house of the Lord there was times where they went through the motions but never knew why back in the day people just lined up in the church and did it and didn't know why and, and we've got to obey obedience is better than sacrifice but this generation is looking at us like, okay. We want to know why. Not from an accusative standpoint, but they want to know. Guess what? There's Bible for it. Oh yeah. There's Bible for separation from the world, for, for, for the for, for the, the commandments and the statutes of God. There's Bible for it. Oh, yeah, it's in there. And there's an answer to why. But fathers, we've got to get it in our spirit. We've got to be able to go to the word of God, not, uh, oh, let me call the pastor. Oh, let me call so-and-so. Oh, let me ask them. They can tell you, no, 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 that's not going to do good enough when your babies look at you in the eye and say, hey, Dad, why do we do this? Why do we do this? But before he got into all of that, he said, you've got to get it in your heart. And at the end of the chapter, he tells them why. Because the commandments, the judgments, the statutes, they're going to preserve you. They're going to preserve you. Not just a one-time encounter at an altar. Oh, we've got to have the Holy Ghost. We've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. But the Bible says we must go on unto perfection or unto completion. That's where we get into the word of God and we understand his judgments and his statutes and his laws and his commandments. And I can tell you why. Because he doesn't just want to fill you with his spirit and let you walk out the back door and be consumed by the world again. He wants to preserve you in the original state. He wants to keep you so you need to get it in your spirit. Hear, O oh Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You've got to get it in your heart. You've got to get it in your heart. You've got to love it. It's got to mean everything to you. And then the day is going to come when you have children and you're going to raise them, but then there's going to come a time where they get smart enough to start looking around and the world begins to change and, and everything. all of a sudden they start seeing things differently. And then they're going to look you eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, Dad, I've got a question. You're going to be driving in the car. It's going to hit you out of the blue. Probably not going to be a warning for it. You'll be sitting at the kitchen table. Hey, Dad. And it's going to seem like it's random and out of the thin air and out of the blue. But their mind, they've been thinking about it. We've got to have an answer. When my children ask me why. I'm all about obedience and that's good we've got to obey we never grow beyond obedience but we should grow into a place of getting a hold of some things for myself I got to get it for me I heard my grandpa preach a lot of things I heard my dad preach a lot of things but guess what it didn't become become real until I I said I got I got to find it for myself they, they showed me where to dig but I had to take the shovel and we've got to be able to do that with our children and say hey I can't get this in you for you but I can hand you a shovel and I can send you to John 3 I can give you a shovel and send you to Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19, and Acts 22. I can give you a shovel and I can send you to Mark 16. I can give you a shovel, but i got to send you there, but you've got to dig. I, I, I can give you a shovel, but I've got to send you to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I've got to send you to the book of Ephesians. I, I can only give you a shovel, but you've got to dig it out. Fathers, we got to know where to send them we got to have answers. But if we miss the love part, if we just do it to line up to the expectations of the pastor, if we just do it to line up to the expectations so I can be a member, your children are going to look at you eyeball to eyeball and they're going to see straight through you Because they're going to know that you don't love it. Your children know what you love and what you don't love. You may think they don't know. Oh, they know. Oh, they know. They know what makes you emotional, they know what grabs your attention, they know what, what comes out of your mouth in conversation. They know. They know. So, before you start quoting scriptures, before you start preaching, before you start dancing around the front, in front of everybody, you got to get it right here. Stand with me this morning. very careful how I talk to my children. Every chance we get when we're getting go, ready to go to church. we love going to Jesus house. We love it. We love it. There are days that my wife and I are tired. There are days we come home from church and we're wiped out, we're tired. There are good days, there are bad days, there's up days, there's down days, there's hard days, there's easy days. And before they know that life isn't perfect, they're going to feel and they're going to know what I love. What I love. I'm going to get it in my heart. And when the day comes that my boy comes to me and says, hey, Dad, which is one of the favorite things I hear. Anytime I come home, I drive in the garage. Zion will run to the door. Hey, Dad. Some of my favorite things in the world. His questions are probably going to come just like that. Hey, Dad. Why? Why? do all the women wear dresses and all the men wear pants? That's a great question. Let me show you. Let me show you in the Word of God what it says about why we live the way we live. The Word of God talks, It talk, it's in there. It's in there. I know a lot of people don't preach it, but we live by the Word of God and we love the Word of God. So let me show you. Let me show you about it. The wrong thing to say is, well, it's what my dad taught us to do that's what my grandpa did my grandma did it's just it's just it's just what we it's just what we do just do it no that ain't gonna hack it it's not gonna cut it I've gotta love my children enough to get a shovel and dig it out find the answers I say here here son let me show you what the word of God says let me show you and tell you about how great it is to live in the presence of God. Let me tell you that everything the world has, every, every, every temptation that's in the world, it's like bondage in, in Egypt. It's like Pharaoh, how he, he made them to work for him. They, they, they lived in a land called Egypt, but they were slaves in Egypt. But God brought them out. That's what God did for your daddy. Your daddy was a hopeless mess without the blood of Jesus Christ. Your daddy was a hopeless mess without the Holy Ghost. But God saved me and he brought me into his kingdom and he preserved me and has kept me to him. So I live my life for him. Anything he wants me to do, I love to do anything he wants me to do because of what he's done for me and what he's done for our family. Let me testify to you about the goodness of God and how he's blessed me and how he's kept me, how he's preserved me. Let me tell you, Zion, about the time that you fell down in the, in the, in the sump pump tank and had it not been for the hand of God, you might have drowned. God was good to us. Oh, God kept us and God preserved us. Let me let, let me tell you, Levi, about when you were before you were born. How the doctor said that there was a deformity, but we prayed, and we prayed, and God did a miracle. By the way, we just had a we just had another sono and an x ray this last week, and they called us back. Hey, everything's fine. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. When they sent us into a frenzy to specialists three weeks before his birth, I'm gonna look at Levi one day and say, Levi, God's been good to us. Let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you about how good he's been to me. So there's nothing he can ask of me that's going to ruffle my feathers. There's nothing he can require of me that's going to cause me to say, well, I don't know about all that. No, no, no. My God has been so good to me. He has saved me. He's preserved me. He's given us. He's blessed us abundantly. He's kept his hand upon us. There's nothing my God can ask of me that I will not do for him. Before I take him down the list, I'm going to tell him about the goodness of my Savior. I didn't deserve the blood. I didn't deserve it. But he loved me so much that he wrapped himself in flesh and came in the person of Jesus Christ and died on a cross for me. What a great father he is. Would you join with me around the front this morning? God's going to touch us today. Hallelujah. Your God has been good to you today. He's going to touch somebody this morning in this altar. Hallelujah. Would you come and lift your hands up to the Lord right now? Would you lift up your voice to him right now and thank him for his goodness today? Would you thank him for his blood? Would you thank him for his spirit? Would you thank him for his goodness in your life this morning? Would you thank him for bringing you out of bondage into the place of promise? Would you thank him for bringing you out of Egypt this morning? Lord I thank you for forgiving me when I wasn't forgivable I thank you Lord Jesus for washing me clean when I'd made a mess of my life in the name of Jesus Lord I thank you, I thank you, I thank you I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the goodness of God in my life